Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So I'm on a coaching call this morning with one, with one of the nation's top agents. This guy's name is Joe, and he's up in Reno, and he works with a lot of folks that are um, moving over from California. He works with actually a surprising number of celebrities, people buying second and third homes, a lot of uh, tech types. Just He sells really expensive stuff, probably the top number one agent in Reno. So I'm on this call with him today, and he and I are discussing the fact that you know he has a lot of listings. He has like 24 pending, and he has just like – I don't even remember how much money in commission. It was like seven or $800,000 in commission pending right now. And the guy's going to make to him after all of his expenses because he runs his business like Julie and I uh, ask all of you guys to run it, where you basically focus on profit. His profit margins are something like 70%. He just basically is a listings-focused uh, listings machine. And by the way, he's only been with us for about 18 – no, he's been with, uh, been with us for only about 14 months. And when he started with us, he was one of these agents that was just buying buyer leads. But that aside – so Joe now is making just a ton of money, and he's doing really well, making more money than he ever has made before. He's looking at buying a lake house, just the whole thing, living the dream, right? And then on the on the coaching call today, now he's taking listings fairly con- consistently, but he's getting them from uh, centers of influence, past clients, you know, things like that. He's not really working for the business, and he had been working for the business, but what he hadn't been doing is telling me that he actually stopped doing some of the stuff that he was doing originally a year ago that got him to where he is today. And so basically we had a little bit of a coming to Jesus session today on our coaching call, and the, the resolution of it was is that he knows despite the fact that he's – you know, incredibly successful, despite the fact that he's making tons and tons of money and all these other things are happening. He knows he must go back to doing what he was originally doing when he and I started coaching not so long ago if he wants to maintain his success. And he was absolutely right. So this is the thing that I want all of you guys to remember. And I and then obviously Joe and I, you know, pulled it back in and focused on what are the things that are going to get him paid. The 15 success killing horrible habits you must stop now, which is the topic of today's show, a lot of the habits that basically he had had prior to coaching were starting to creep back in. And because he was starting to re- – he started to believe, his ego wanted him to believe, that he didn't have to work as hard, that he didn't have to focus as intensely, that somehow, magically, because now he had all these listings and all this money coming in, all these people were starting to see him as super successful in his marketplace. You know, he started getting all these calls from all these re- you know, high-end sellers that he didn't even have any kind of connection with just a year and a half ago. But, and his, his mind was starting to tell him that he didn't have to do the hard work anymore that he didn't have to do what he didn't want to do when he didn't want to do it at the highest level. To his credit, he realized that he does. I mean, he wants 24 uh, pendings at all times. He wants to have 20 listings at all times. In order for him to do that, he needs to go back and call the expireds. So this is what he did. Now, this was between last week and this week, because I have uh, weekly coaching calls with Joe. He got on the phone. He started calling expireds. And on the, in the process of calling expireds, he picked up three expireds. One of them was $2.5 million listeners. And it had been for sale oh, yeah. for only six months. And listen, Julie, this is the best part. It sold in <laughs> one day. It sold in one day. <laughs> so if you want to see an example of basically where your actions will absolutely positively reinforce your mindset or your, you know, your beliefs about doing the work you don't want to do and you don't want to do it, well, nothing will do that better than maybe a $75,000 commission check, which is how much he's making. Yeah. I'm just having That'll taken work. that expired. Now, some, 
By the way, just as a side, some of you guys are wondering, well, if that was an expired, how did it sell that fast? How did he make, you know, how that, well, because most times, oh, by the way, he only lowered the price by $7,000. He took new pictures and all that, but obviously the marketing didn't even have time to percolate into the, uh, you know, marketplace. No one even saw all this beautiful whatevers that he made, you know, which is mostly to placate the seller's ego, by the way. All the the one reason that the property sold was because it had a new MLS number, because it had that new, shiny new listing, you know, aura about it. And before it was just a stable, everyone's passed over uh, aura. So, for those of you who have inventory, for those of you who are seeing an adjusting market, and I know I had another great call with Rob up in uh, Greenwich. He says that all of his listings, he's got like 20 listings. His story is very similar to Joe's. Been with us as private coaching clients for maybe two years. I think he's been with us for a little bit long, longer. Rob Johnson, he's one one of my interviewees on this podcast. He's got, I think, something like exactly like Joe. Now I think about it, he's got 20 listings, and his average list price is probably about two million dollars. Now I share these stories with you guys, but you got to remember when Julie and I sold real estate, our average sale price was probably more like 225, 250. So we sold normal price stuff. We had to sell hundreds and hundreds of homes to get there, but the logic, the the scripts, the techniques, the conversations, the presentations, everything works that we use uh, it for, you know, Rob and Joe and all of our other ultra high-end clients, we, it uses for, you know, people that are in the Midwest that are selling stuff that's, you know, in Indianapolis, Indiana, you know, that's $100,000 or 120000 the exact same system works universally, so just be very clear about that. Um, and because Julie and I, as we migrated in our own careers, we started out as a lower in that two two hundred to two twenty five price range. But when we ended up, we were selling stuff that's close to a million. So our techniques work in all markets. And now, of course, it's been tested at, on coaching clients for the past almost twenty years. But here's the moral of the story: If you get away from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, if you get away from it for just a day, probably nothing's going to happen. But if you get away from it for a week or two weeks, you are going to pay the price. Now, some of you have so much momentum and are making so much money, experiencing so much success, you won't feel, because you've got money in the bank, because you've got money coming in, you won't feel the negative ramifications of not doing the actual work if you you know stop doing it for maybe a month or two. But listen, why would you set yourself up to experience financial pain and lots of anxiety in fourth quarter when you want to be thinking about the holidays? Guys, listen, you have got to stay in the work mode. I know it's the middle of the summer. I know a lot of you guys have summer plans, and you're taking days off. And I had a coaching call with someone who was literally on the beach today. Okay, whatever. I can do it. No problem. If you wanted to take a weekend off, it's fine. But here's the moral of the story, guys. You've got to stay in that mode. It's too soon. And some of you, I feel like I'm giving you the example of Joe. And uh, you know, some of you guys are starting to back off a little bit with the intensity that you had in first quarter. That is an enormous mistake, and you are going to pay the price in about six months. In some markets, if the stuff sells faster, you'll pay the price sooner. So remember the cycle between your it, between you know the initial contact with even the buyer or the seller and then uh, the time it takes for you to get a paycheck. It can be months. And Rob Johnson's market in Greenwich, Connecticut, I believe Rob is now the number one or number two uh, agent in all of Greenwich, Connecticut, one of the most expensive areas in the world to sell real estate. He's got, uh, like I said, almost 20 listings. And in the past two weeks, he's only had one showing. Now, two weeks prior to that, 
in May and in early June, he was having lots of showings and lots of activity. So the market just dropped like a stone. Now, is it going to continue that way? We'll know by the end of June. But what we do know now is that Rob's got to stay in the mode of taking more listings and servicing his sellers. Guys, do not lose your intensity, please. I know emotionally some of you are feeling a little strung out because people can be jerks and they don't say thank you and people are just all the rest of it that happens when you're dealing with the public. That's called normal. Stay focused on the idea that with doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, that you will accomplish financial freedom. Stay locked into that, guys, and do not let it go. So, Julie, you have a shout-out before we pick up where we left off yesterday, and the 15 success-killing yeah. bad habits you must stop now. You got it, and I love everything you said. You know, you got to stay focused, and you're right. Sometimes it's going to be 30 days. Sometimes you won't feel it for six months. But you can be sure any day that you act self-unemployed instead of self-employed by the actions that you take, there will be consequences. We can't put a pin on the calendar telling you the day, but we can tell you that it will happen. So take the steps now to prevent that. All right, as is, here's a great example of this from Ashley Brackens, and she is in, I believe, Memphis, Tennessee. Here's what she writes in our private Facebook group for our coaching members. She writes, last night I had a listing appointment that I honestly didn't want to go on. I've had some family stuff that's taken over, so I haven't been able to focus on real estate as much as I'd like. Plus, I had heard some not-so-great things about the homeowners. Anyway, I went to the appointment. I told myself that I was going to focus on really listening to the client and making sure I understood exactly what was important to them. I didn't really feel ready to, quote, present, so I figured listening would be the best thing for me to do. It was the longest appointment I probably have ever had, about three and a half hours, but my listening plan worked like a charm, finding out what was important to them. The homeowner gave me two hugs, a fist bump, and a signed listing agreement for $750,000. He told me I was family now. She goes on to write, success is doing what you, wanted, what you do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. This time, my listening skills and extreme patience were all I needed to get the deal done. Even when you think you can't, you can. So go, Ashley, for doing what you sounds like you really didn't feel like doing, <laughs> but you did it anyway, and you did it at a high enough level to walk away with that listing. So nice job taking action and resisting your negative potential feelings of not feeling like doing it. How many agents just don't do what they don't feel like doing because they don't, you know, because they got into real estate so nobody could tell them what to do? And yet here's Ashley that, you know, kind of suck it up buttercup type of theme, which she did, mm -hmm. and she did a great job for these people. Now they think of her as family. So nicely done, Ashley, and great job setting an example on the Facebook page. Back to you, Tim. Well, read, but read between the lines what she said, which is awesome because it's right in alignment with our basically our philosophy of business and life. Basically, if you're yeah. focused on being of service to other people, if you make that the highest and you know, the highest priority of your life, essentially you're going to find more people aligning themselves, lining up to do business with you than you can possibly imagine. And if you don't have the lifestyle, the success, the money, the freedom, if you don't have the peace of mind that comes from only one thing, being of service to other people, making lots of money, it's simply for the fact that basically you haven't decided to do what Ashley did when she decided to basically go on that listing appointment and focus all of her best energies on how to be of service to that seller. That's what you guys do. Salespeople get a bad rap because oftentimes they're essentially not knowing how to actually be a service to the other seller. It's always about them. Most real estate agents, it's always about them. This is just from lack of training, lack of expertise, and lack of really being in alignment with our highest and truest purposes, which is being of service to other people. And look what happened. She went there with a mindset 
set of service. She went there to listen to the seller's challenges, problems, whatever, that other agents have obviously maligned in her marketplace. These sellers had a reputation. But here's the thing. She didn't listen to it. She fought her inner self that trying, was trying to talk her out of not doing what she didn't want to do when she didn't want to do it at the highest level. She went anyway. She kicked some serious ass, and she – Got a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar listing, and probably will get a twenty one thousand dollar commission check. Is that okay, listeners? Stay tuned in, guys. Stay focused. Realize that we have laid the pathway for you. All you got to do is walk on the path. And remember, point number one from yesterday was focus. Follow one course until successful. So, Julie, before you get to the next point, which uh, Gina is telling me is point number four, make sure mm-hmm. – uh, I'm sorry, guys. I need to make sure that all of you know that we are – I get emails about this. We are still offering free coaching calls. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and register for uh, a free coaching call. And when you do, you're going to get six books, Thinking Grow Rich for Real Estate. You guys hear me talk about this every day and Real Estate Treasure Map. Real estate, tra- those two books right there, I'm telling you, if you guys ingest those books as fast as you possibly can, you will feel the biggest epiphany, the biggest aha uh, that you can possibly imagine. The Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate works on your mindset, kind of challenges you, uh, forces you to challenge some of your limiting beliefs, and the Real Estate Treasure Map is the roadmap. It's, it's the actionable item that comes after uh, you've basically at least considered some of the concepts that Napoleon Hill lays out in Think and Grow Rich. So please download both of those books and you are entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, we are on point numero cuatro. Yes, number four, bad habit. Thinking that it's about a liquidity event versus saving consistently. We did a whole show about saving, so refer to our past podcasts about that. But the, the thing to correct here is to stop believing in next time for your savings and start having discipline about this time when you get paid. Pay yourself first, even if it's a smaller amount than your ideal regular contribution off of every check. You have to start somewhere. Even if it's like 25 bucks, I recommend higher, but you've got to start somewhere. Okay? So the bad habit is thinking about it's always going to be next time. I've heard agents say, Tim, the next time I, I list a really big listing is when I'll save. Next time I get both sides of the listing is when I'm going to save. When I finally pay off this, then I'll finally save. You've got to save starting now, period, or you never will save. That's why many of you don't have any savings. So that in itself is a huge bad habit to correct. Anything you'd like to add to that, Tim? No, I mean that's pretty much that's it, the the thing is that I, I get it. Got, you know, we Julie and I, Julie, can you hear me? Yep. Julie. Yeah. So yes. we, you know, Julie and I sold real estate too. We understand what it's like to basically be in a situation where basically you're, and we were we were successful. We sold a lot of houses. We made a lot of money. And I get the mindset that you're going to save off the next big commission check. I get the mindset that you're going to do a flip and you're going to save the money. And that's going to be the thing that's going to basically get you moving towards the idea of having cash so you can start buying rental properties so you can start creating passive income, which you know basically gets you to our definition of rich, whereas your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. I get all. All that, but here's the the real truth. Unless you're really going to be disciplined and force yourself to peel off 10%, 20%, 30% of every single check you earn, you will never do it. Um, and you know, it's it, I get it. In in our society right now, it's the fantasy of the winning lottery ticket, the fantasy of selling your company, the fantasy of basically inheriting a bunch of money, the fantasy of you know discovering in your backyard there's an oil well. I mean, all this crap. Oh, there's you know the old guy that owned the house before you stored a bunch of gold and he's got it buried in the attic somewhere. All this BS that basically still percolates in all of our minds and the psych, the collective, you know, 
consciousness, a subconscious of all of us believing that there's a big liquidity event somewhere in the future. Well, here's all I need to know to know that's bullshit. Here it is. There's a statistic, and it's, I believe this is taken from uh, the Social Security Administration. I might be wrong, but it's the number's been out there forever. It's never changed. Something like 95% or 98%, virtually everyone basically, once they reach retirement age, which let's just call that 70 or 73 or whatever it is, they're either dependent for their life, for basically to pay their bills. They're either dependent 100% on family members or the government. In other words, they have had their entire lives to save money, to create some sense of security for themselves, to make it so that they weren't basically living uh, one bad month away from poverty, and they didn't do it. That's just a statistic that shocks me in this country, but I get it. I mean, I understand why. Things are really expensive, inflation, taxes, um, you know, all the stuff that's out there basically that's reaching into your guys' pockets constantly, ours as well. It is something that is, is insidious. It's going to always be there. It's probably going to get worse. And so that means that you have to be vigilant about saving, and you have to be an absolute jerk about making sure you pay yourself first, put your mask on first when you're sitting in the jet seat and it's ready to take off. In the event of uh, you know, cabin depressurization, put your mask on before you put the mask on to the person sitting next to you. Are you doing that? You need to start doing it. Bad habit number – ooh, this is a good one, Julie. I'm going to read this one. You can talk about it. Bad yep, habit number five, being, full, being fooled into believing the myth. That talent is everything, and without innate sales ability, you will always struggle. And I'll give a little subcategory to that one. Believing that you had to have a certain personality type to be successful, DISC or whatever, Myers-Briggs, all the rest of this pseudoscience, hocus-pocus, witchcraft crap. You know, believing that you had to have some sort of personality makeup to be successful, that's definitely uh, another myth. But, Julie, there's a lot of great point, subpoints you wrote down for this one. Yeah. So again, being fooled to believing that myth that if you didn't have, if you weren't born with some kind of crazy sales talent, that you're always going to be struggling. So it's like it's not your fault somehow. And ignoring the fact that perseverance wins every time, skill wins every time, energy and enthusiasm beats raw talent every time. Being of service wins of every time. Look at Ashley's story from the top of the show. Being of service wins every time. Now. I'll, I'll use us as an example. Do you remember some of our first appointments, our listing appointments? <laughs> we would have sellers tell us all the time, quote, you were the only ones that had any energy and enthusiasm about our home or our situation. We would hear that all the time. And I would say, especially back then, we didn't have a lot of skill. We were just getting started. We were highly motivated. And I think a lot of our enthusiasm was just raw energy and nerves for being, oh, my gosh, in front of a listing appointment. But it won. It worked. Energy and enthusiasm beats raw talent every time. And I would say, especially when some of you newer or less skilled agents dial it up with your enthusiasm and your perseverance and you're working on your skill, even versus the most grizzled veterans that go in there acting like they've got it in the bag, it does matter. Even if you're against somebody that does have maybe a little sales, you know, a little acumen for that, maybe they've got a bigger personality than you. Energy, enthusiasm, skill, perseverance, and being of service will kick their butt every time. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tim? I mean, we saw that in our own career, and we certainly see that with coaching clients. Well, right. I mean, I can see when we go to the private Facebook page, it's just for our premier coaching members, and I read their little, yeah. you know, I joined the story coaching program story. two weeks I ago. And I got the pre-listing pack done, and I called a, you know, I went after a for sale by owner or whatever, and I, and I went, and I was competing against all these really name brand agents in my marketplace, and I win. 
And, and it's like, you know, you can read the words and how they're describing the experience to understand why they won. They used the pre-listing pack. They didn't – look, I'm not going to even kid myself to think they had the, the listing presentation, the Sharpie clothes. I, they probably didn't do any of it. But they had the pre-listing pack, and they had energy and enthusiasm, the combination of those two things, and they also had the courage to chase the lead. You do that, guys, you're going to win. Even if you're brand new, you will win 50 60 70% of the time. Add some experience to that, and you're going to find yourself winning a hell of a lot more than that. You know, Julie, I was thinking about this yesterday, and we do need to do a podcast about this, how you guys, sometimes you guys interject too much um, ego into how you actually physically look. I was having a conversation with an agent who was struggling, and I talked with this agent. I couldn't figure out on the phone what their challenge was. Then I go to their Facebook page while I'm on the phone with them, and I realize that this person is one of these people that just works too much on trying to make everybody look at them. It was a gal, and I explained to her that when you go into a seller's house, if you look too nice, if you look too sexy, if you too look polished. too pretty – if you look too rich, if you look too whatever, you're going to intimidate the sellers. You're going to intimidate the wife who might be insecure because she just had a baby or whatever, or the husband who's you whatever, who knows. So I told That's her true. that she is trying to make, in the way she was presenting herself, about trying to draw attention to her, which is the exact opposite of what she's supposed to be doing. So I asked her to go and buy some conservative clothes, put on some nice conservative outfits, not wear crazy heels, you know, tone everything back, leave some of the bling at home, you know, go yeah. back and just basically make herself look a little bit more approachable. And, and, and I could tell by talking to her about this, she actually started to calm down a little bit because she realized that the she was more in alignment with something that was comfortable with her because she was focusing on being of service to other people. Next point, Julie. Yes, which, by the way, is actually easier than all the rest. So uh, point number six, bad habit number six. You use excuses to be complacent and make that your story. How many of you listening have said, well, I can't do it, I won't do it, it's not for me because I'm too stupid, too old, too young, too fat, too smart, too experienced, too inexperienced, wrong market, no inventory, wrong brokerage. And I could go on. But some of you have made any number or combination of those excuses – your story. And usually, Tim, I see that it, it starts out as like the story of the week, flavor du jour. Then it becomes the story of that month. And because the following month wasn't that productive, then it becomes the story of their quarter. And then it becomes Life. a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Not does. cool. Bad habit. And, and, and you get. And you guys will surround yourself with other people that basically like to basically have made that uh, particular excuse their religion as well. You'll find people that basically mm-hmm. the complainers, you'll start, you, you'll, you'll start, exactly, you'll start attracting to you other people that also basically are looking for external excuses. I'll tell you the one that I think is just insidious are the politics. Some of you guys are getting involved Ugh. in politics. No. Some of you guys are thinking that, like, it doesn't – guys, look, it doesn't really matter. Republican, Democrat, who gives a rat's ass? At the end of the day, your job is to be of service to other people, help solve people's problems. You have chosen to be a real estate uh, professional, so that's your, that's your life calling. Getting your mind wrapped around – you know, somebody, what's happening is you guys are actually making it so you're going to be of, a, essentially of service to fewer people because you're making your political beliefs – you're literally treating your political beliefs like it's a crusade-type religious experience. And I think you guys – I mean, Julie, do you understand the connotation of what I just said, oh, basically? totally. Absolutely. I think there's yeah. no place for it. And, you know, it's funny how many people get so entrenched in DISC and what their personality tendencies are or what they have or don't have. 
you know, and they, they try and study and become more flexible. Ideally, that's what that's about, versatility. And yet, they'll go post some crazy, you know, whatever spin on some kind of political thing, one side or the other, it doesn't really matter. Why would you post that on Facebook? You've just automatically alienated maybe 50% of people who normally it wouldn't even have come up for them. They didn't want to hear about that from you. They just want to hear how you can be of service to them. I just think it's very alienating. And it, it was worse, I think, than being maybe a strong personality style and not working on that. I think being so overtly political and out there and posting all kinds of videos and things like that. I mean, you guys have to realize that when, especially when you're competing, but not even always competition, sometimes people from your sphere who you think you've got the listing in the bag and they go Google you, and they see something that maybe they're not in alignment with or maybe they've not questioned before, maybe they, you know, they wouldn't necessarily stop being friends with you, but they're just maybe not going to trust you with their business anymore. And you'll never know about it. You'll never know that that was the reason. So that's why we always say it's best to be a Republicrat, especially socially online, because people will Google you. Just saying. We, when Julie and I talk Got about things on this podcast, no, no, you're right. When Julie and I talk about things on this podcast that seem political, they're really not. They're philosophical. We're not talking about political stances on this and that and the other thing. You know, you have to, as an American, there are certain things that you pretty much have to believe if you don't want to have the country break into tribalism and feudalism and all this other insanity that basically seems to be, you know, the 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 emotion, the drama du jour right now. But really, at the end of the day, your true north, the way to stay focused on uh, essentially your highest and truest purpose is just remember that. Disconnect from the media. Absolutely. You know, Julie, you need to add that point. You need to basically add another yep. point about being media-free. But do not listen to the radio. Do not watch news. Do not watch yep. CNN. Do not watch MSNBC. Do not watch uh, Fox News. Do not read your Facebook news feed. Just disconnect from all that crap. I mean, people call it fake news. I don't even care if it's real news. The fact is you don't need to know. There is no, there's nothing that you're going to read in the news that's going to positively affect your ability and willingness and mindset around being of service to other people and making money. Nothing. There's not a single thing you're going to read that is going to help you uh, essentially accomplish the uh, your assertive – Honestly, guys, it's, it's your mission in life is to be of service to other people, and then in doing so, you'll make money. And there's nothing that's going to be in the news that's going to reinforce that mission. Yeah. There's nothing in the news that's going to do anything other than depress you, put you in a state of fear, going to play into your insecurity. So just go cold turkey. You know, and here's the thing. Oh, my God, Tim, what happens if something happens in the news? Someone's going to tell you, a client, a buyer, or whatever. I mean, we'd, we have clients who will say, what do you, you know, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? On coaching calls, they'll want to maybe bring it up, and I'll say, How does, what does that have to do with you helping uh, buyers or sellers with their real estate needs? That's what I say on my coaching calls. I know all of our coaches say something similar, and the answer is, uh, well, then why are we talking about it? Why is this even on your mind? Yeah. Uh, because you're well, looking for a creative thing, distraction? Yes, yes, they're trying to move the ball away from accountability most times. Okay. Uh, there you, you go. <laughs> You talked about my experience with piano yesterday. That is one of the tried-and-true techniques in a private lesson for a musician is to just bring up something else <laughs> and get the teacher to talk about it. Yeah, the great technique works sometimes, um, but not on our coaches and not with us. But here's the thing, Tim. I think some people would argue that they, they have those discussions online or they post videos or their views or whatever because maybe they are trying to have some kind of impact on the world. But what's the quote? Be the change you wish to see in the world. 
you can change how society is acting by setting the example and being of service to others and being above all of that chatter. Setting the example of being outgoing to your clients and helping them with their needs. Exactly like Ashley said, I listened to what they needed and delivered on it. That's how you change the world, by being your own example, not by, you know, posting whatever video you came across your newsfeed this morning. Anyway, I think it hasn't always been that. this way, guys. This is just some macro sure. trend that's happening in our in, in the United States right now that um, this is my word of the day, obviously, is insidious, that basically is – I don't even know what the point of it is, to be honest, all this crap that's going on right now. But just ignore it, honestly. Just help people solve problems. Just get people through the real estate transaction. Help them with make their lives better by you know essentially selling their house for the least amount of uh, in, with the least amount of hassle, the shortest period of time, the most money. Help buyers get the houses that they want. Help renters find the houses that they want. Help your family have financial security. Really, if you just do that, oh. if you focus all your best energies on that, all that other stuff is nothing but a distraction. And you've got to wonder why is it that people, why is it that who is it, and why is it that they want you to be distracted? What are you supposed to be being distracted from? Anytime any of these ridiculousnesses and this, you know, all this crap boils up in the news, I always ask myself, why is it specifically now we're talking about transgender bathrooms? I mean, is that, is that really a national conversation that needs to be happening? I mean, I'm not saying it's not relevant, but is that really something that everybody needs to be focused on, needs to be on the headlines of every news blah, 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 that you know, was happening, what, two years ago? Is that really something – why is it that – why is it that they want, whoever the they is, want, yeah, look, I'm sounding a little tinfoil hat now, I get it, but just open your mind to it. Why are we being directed to think about this thing? What are they hoping that we don't focus on? It feels like I'm sitting on a boardwalk someplace and I'm watching some guy with shells move it around and distracting you so that he'll win the game. That Doesn't it feel like that? So look, maybe I'm tinfoil hatty on you guys right now. Not a great way to end the show, I suppose. But here's the thing. Anything that distracts me from being a service to you, anything that distracts me from giving you the truth, unfiltered truth about how you can learn to adopt the mindset and the lifestyle, being of service to other people and making money, I'm going to purge from my life and purge from my mind. I'm not going to welcome it in. And yeah, that means if I'm sitting at Starbucks and somebody wants to talk to me about the latest headlines in the New York Times, I'm going to look at them like a deer in the headlights. I just don't care. And maybe that means I'm not going to have some conversations with people about social scrap. I just don't care. And neither should you. Because it doesn't do anything to help you move towards your accomplishment of your goals, of being of service to other people, making money, taking care of your family. You guys get it? So listen, if there's ever anything we can do for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Help us help you anytime you need anything. We're here for you. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Actually, I think I have an interview tomorrow. Uh, if not, uh, there'll be. Uh, we're going to finish up this topic, and then the interview might be the next day. I don't know. Listen, guys. <laughs> tune in. Listen. Remember, all of our past podcasts, we have hundreds, if not thousands now. They're over on TimAndJulieHarris.com. They're also, obviously, on iTunes, on Stitcher. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Have a great day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.